Welcome to the ESG Academy, where the Hogan Lovells team quickly but thoroughly shares critical insights on key ESG issues that in-house counsel need to know. Today we're tackling ESG policies and responsible investment policies and how they relate to a company's ESG strategy. I'm Amy Cleves, a London-based member of our international projects team, a co-founder of our ESG practice and a United Nations Global Compact Young Sustainable Development Goals Innovator. I'll be joined by Sukhvir Basran, a co-founder and co-leader of our Global Sustainable Finance and Investment Group. Today, we'll be breaking down what these policies should contain, why they're important, and how you can get started on putting a policy together. So Amy, just looking at ESG policies, responsible business policies, Let's try to uh, address what are these? Terminology is really important here because all of those different phrases can mean slightly different things, although they're often related. And what we're going to focus on today is an ESG policy, which is probably the broadest set of policies. And it would encompass a document or a set of documents that would set out your company's impact on the planet and people. It might include statements about your responsible business approach, and it probably would include statements about your sustainability approach. So they would all come within the headings of an ESG policy. It's more than just a statement about individual topics like recycling, diversity and inclusion, but it might cover all of those. And they often would be formed of many different policies compiled together under an umbrella of your company's broad approach to ESG and how it intends to tackle those important issues. That's absolutely right. And I think it's important really to to make that differentiation between sustainability goals and ESG practices, because sustainability is a core uh, element of an ESG policy, but ESG factors can go well beyond, as you've just outlined, the the corporate sustainability practice itself. But that said, um, an organisation can start off with um, a, a sustainability statement, and that's a good enough starting point, isn't it? It's a really good starting point because a sustainability approach will often inform a huge number of your ESG drivers and your ESG methodology internally. Your approach to sustainability will obviously depend on the type of business you are. And so your ESG policy will likely be informed by the sector in which you operate, the type of business that you conduct and where in the world you're based. I think it's important here as well just to sort of emphasise that ESG policies are live documents. They, the, the, there is, um, there's sometimes a perception that we need to get these uh, completely perfect on day one, but actually they they must, and, and the, by their very nature, they will continue to evolve as law and regulation changes, as market practice changes, as voluntary codes emerge, etc. I mean, it's important to remember that these will be updated, including as, as an organisation um, uh, changes as well. I think that's absolutely right. What we're not looking to do is set out all your goals and claim that you're going to achieve them in absolutely no time at all. It's far more important to state where you are now and where you're looking to go and to be willing to be flexible and update that policy, as you say, to respond to external factors and the input of your stakeholders. So when we're thinking about reviewing and updating this document, as Sukhvir said, this is a live document. So this is something that you need to be reflecting on. It can be helpful to build into the policy itself who's responsible for reviewing and updating it, how frequently that will happen and whose responsibility it is for reporting the achievement of the policy objectives and the commitments at a board level. All of that will help to bring 
a real sense of formality to this policy and will ensure that you don't leave these as as wishy-washy statements of intent as opposed to real practical business changes. I guess what we're saying here then is really there needs to be tangible action to ensure that sustainability is embedded within the DNA of your organisation and that includes representation, awareness, education and people who are responsible for um, for for sustaining and updating the relevant policies. That's exactly it. An ESG policy can inform your entire legal and business structure when it comes to ESG issues. And so it's really important to have clear responsibility and to have clear actions as part of the policy in order to make sure it's thoroughly embedded across your organisation. I think that just brings us on to sort of why is this needed? You just mentioned sort of, you know, um, setting targets and also looking um, at your stakeholders, that's internal and external. So if an organisation is looking at creating a sustainable business plan or business model or looking at its operations to sort of create a long term plan, ESG policies are a really good place to start. By their very nature, they'll need to to, um, look at stakeholders both internally and externally and also look at establishing targets, including, for example, against the UN SDGs, right? Absolutely. So these policies are useful statements of your intention and your ambition. But actually what they're even more helpful for is changing operational practices and the way that you might engage with your stakeholders. So that might be particularly important in your supply chain. How are you going to interact with your suppliers? Or in a procurement context, what are you going to require from potential bidders? These policies can actually drive behaviours and they can make sure that all of people who you interact with are aware of where you stand, why you have those values and how you're going to put those into practice within your own business. Picking up on those points, um, actually, Amy, it's really important, though, to ensure that what is being... um, uh, reflected in an ESG policy is accurate um, and that, you know, any sort of statements are that are being made are sort of reflected within operations and practices. So if actually an organisation is looking at influencing supply chains and other stakeholders, that in fact tangible action is being taken and that action can be backed up not just in the context of ESG policy, but also in its reporting and disclosure. And I guess this brings us on to sort of, you know, one of the biggest sort of drivers for change, which is compliance with law and regulation. So as well as sort of voluntary codes and standards. And and here there'll be multiple regimes, won't there, um, around the world. And it'll also depend on the organisation and the sectors we're looking at. That's absolutely right. So compliance with regulation will be really key. But looking beyond that, these policies are useful in responding, even if you are not yourself subject to regulation. You might be looking for investment and the uh, potential investor may be subject to regulation, which requires it to investigate its uh, where it's lending its money to the company, its ESG policies, its diversity and inclusion approach, all of which, if it is um, neatly captured within an ESG policy and that the company has sufficient data to support the statements it's making and to evidence the direction in which it is travelling, it's going to make that company far more investable and may also lower 
the cost of capital. I think just taking that point um, as well, I mean, regulators are approaching, um, uh, the regulators' approach is going to continue to evolve, um, obviously, and, and across the world. But in the UK, for example, FCA said that it's going to consider the role of, of a firm's culture, governance and leadership uh, in managing the risks of climate change. Uh, and, and Mark Carney has also called for all companies to become race to zero um, accredited. So the language is becoming certainly a lot firmer. Those who sign up are part of the solution and those who don't and lagging behind are, are part of the problem. And, and, and just to pick up your point about sustainable finance, the existence of ESG policies is becoming one of the foundations on which to be able to access um, sustainable finance. It's not the only way. Um, and of course, um, uh, you know, sort of um, the market is continuing to evolve. But it's an important way to sort of demonstrate that you've started looking at the um, risks and opportunities that ESG creates and will have for your business. And, and I guess really this leads us to the next question then, Amy, which is how does an organisation at any business start this process? We've already touched on the fact that having a sustainability framework or a sustainability approach and that might form part of your corporate purpose is a helpful starting point. But really from there, it's about thinking about the existing policies you have in place, whether they be in respect of diversity and inclusion, business and human rights, supply chain management, procurement, your use of renewable energy, and trying to see whether those statements could be converged and put together in a more comprehensive approach to ESG for the business, which might also relate to how you manage your corporate governance. Really, it's a time for reflection when you're putting these policies together. And it's a time to think about where you are now and where you're hoping to go and how you hope the policy might help you get from that point A to point B. And for those organisations, of course, that sort of are really starting out, um, uh, another way to sort of start to, to begin this is to sort of undertake a materiality assessment. Look at the risks and opportunities, the ESG risks and opportunities presented by your organisation and its operations. It's a very useful starting point to determine the best way for your organisation within its sector and with its unique set of stakeholders. Um, so this involves research both internally and externally um, within your organisation, supply chain, key stakeholders. And for some are very sort of clear and um, become very clear by undertaking this analysis what the potential impact of your organisation can be, how to set targets based on that to ensure a credible improvement within your sustainability performance. And during this process, you know, ideally, um, an organisation would look at sort of both the short and the, and, and the, the medium and, and, and the long term. And, and of course, assistance is available. We've got information on our website on, on how we can um, assist clients um, to, to start this process. That's absolutely right. When compiling these policies, you really do have to think about the accuracy of the statements you're including. And they should be substantiated with data and documents to support those statements. Failure to do this can represent real risk, not just from a reputational perspective with potential accusations of greenwashing or wokewashing arising, but also increasingly from investors or from regulators as the regulatory landscape 
bulks up in terms of the compliance obligations for making statements relating to your environmental and social impacts. Just on that point, organisations are sometimes reluctant to include information in in policies and reports because they feel that it's not good enough. But actually, if you have a starting point and you're showing improvement, you're showing that you've actually thought about how to improve, that is um, a, a very credible place to begin. But what, as what you've said, um, you know, we really need to remain uh, vigilant against representing something which is not accurate. And I think to sum up, it's very important to be accurate with where you are now, but to be ambitious with where you are going. And engagement with your stakeholders will really help to inform your targets and then reflection on your current operational practices and how those could change to achieve those targets will help create some form of methodology for you which will help in turn drive those positive behavioural changes within your organisation to help you meet those environmental or social targets that you hold. Thanks so much, Sukhvir, for joining the podcast today. Visit our ESG site on hoganlevels.com for additional podcasts, videos and resources. Or download more episodes from the Apple Podcast app or the Google Podcast app for Android users. Music